Welcome to Keto Queries, ladies and gentlemen. Here is your host, David Robinley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Keto Queries, where I answer your keto queries and talk about other stuff if it comes to mind. Um, today is a very exciting episode because, well, for me anyway, I went to the doctor yesterday. And I wasn't quite sure what kind of improvements I would see from doing the keto diet, um, from getting all the lab results back and, um, you know, just like blood sugar, blood pressure, cholesterol, all the different health markers that are measured. And you never know what a doctor is going to say. Um, Sometimes they say things that don't make any sense, like that child is definitely yours, according to all the DNA tests. Um... Or maybe you should try a low-fat diet. Um, That is actually printed on the bottom of my lab results. Like a low-calorie, low-fat diet is recommended for being obese or for weight issues. Or I'd have to go back and read it, but it says something about that. But my actual doctor uh, says the opposite. He's like, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And I said, I explained to him I'm doing a keto diet. And he's like, oh, good. And he has told me in the past to stay away from sugars, stay away from, um, you know, refined grains or processed foods. And uh, he says if it's white, it's bad, including people. And that's funny because he's actually an an Indian guy. (laughs) He was making a joke, but it's okay. And I don't go to like some special keto doctor either. I go to the VA in Austin, Texas, uh, because I'm a veteran and it's cheap. (laughs) And this guy is not a special kind of doctor. He's a regular doctor. And he thinks uh, keto is a good idea. And I think a lot of doctors and a lot of scientists and health professionals are starting to come around and figure out that... uh, yeah, keto is actually a normal diet. Eating 40 to 60% grains, uh, as recommended by like the diabetes and heart associations and all the national guidelines, maybe that's the crazy idea since uh, humans are not designed to eat that <laughs> until the invention of agriculture like 10 to 12,000 years ago. Uh, I don't think anybody was eating any kind of grains or sugars, especially not the amount of sugars that the amount that the average uh, person eats today. So um, things are coming around. Um, The keto diet is actually an old diet, the way people that uh, used to eat um, fatty meats, vegetables, nuts, seeds. Um, If you can digest dairy, then uh, that would be okay also. Not milk, but uh, you can have like butter, cheese, heavy whipping cream, stuff like that. But uh, dairy is not necessary to be on the keto diet for sure. Uh, You can just eat, technically you can just eat meat. (laughs) Uh, Like take a ribeye, for example, that's the example I always use and I will always use. Um, A fatty steak like a ribeye is uh, pretty much the perfect keto macros. Um, You got basically a one-to-one protein-to-fat ratio there. And since fats are calorically dense, then it's pretty much a 70% fat to 30% protein 
ratio as far as the overall calories, which is how we measure macros. In case you're having trouble with that, if you're using MyFitnessPal or the Carb Manager app, um, you enter your food and it gives you that little pie chart of that ratio of what you're eating and it's a breakdown of your overall calories. So that doesn't necessarily mean that you're eating more fat. We call keto a high fat diet, moderate protein diet, but um, a one-to-one -one ratio of protein to fat like a ribeye would yield a ratio of 70% fat to 30% protein, give or take. But if you add like a slice of butter to that or maybe some vegetables, then that'll give you a more traditional keto ratio of like 75% to 20% protein. Anyway, back to my lab results. Let's not talk about you, let's talk about me. Now, I am still technically obese, um, according to my doctor, because I weigh 208 pounds. I'm six feet tall. Um, at my heaviest, I was 245. Uh, so obviously I've made a lot of improvements and all of my health markers have improved uh, since I started doing keto, but um, I still have a little bit more work to do. So my results are not going to be perfect, but um, blood sugar is now at a 93 fasted on my lab results. That's the first time I've ever had uh, blood sugar under 100 I think anything under 100 is normal, but um, if it was 80 or 90, that would be better. Um, but I'm at a 93 now. And of course, blood sugar uh, fluctuates. So does cholesterol and everything else on a lab result. So taking a lab result every six months is not necessarily um, the defining test that you would need to say you're healthy. Uh, you have to monitor it more than every six months if you want to be really specific. But um, I, all of these tests are fasted, so I think they're pretty accurate. Um, so fasted, my blood glucose was, a yes, a 93, which is the best I've ever had. So things are working. How about the cholesterol? My cholesterol is actually borderline low, uh, and my triglycerides are at a 50 which is really good. Um, and uh, cholesterol is not even bad for you. That's kind of a, a lie uh, that started in the 1950s. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it all started with Ansel Keys. Uh, he was like a doctor or scientist guy in the 1950s who made a bunch of bogus studies uh, basically saying that saturated fats were bad for you and that you should eat more grains and carbs and uh, anyway, it was all funded by the food industry that makes sugar and grains. And it's funny to think that people still think that. Um, since the 80s, it's been better, but uh, yeah, people still think that cholesterol is bad for you. And they, they say there uh, there's HDL and LDL and uh, one's good and one's bad, but HDL and LDL are not even cholesterol. They're just like the things that carry cholesterol around the body. Um, the HDL 
carries the old cholesterol out to be processed through the liver, LDL. Um, that the problem with LDL is um, it can clog arteries by trying to heal inflammation in the arteries. But if you're not eating carbs and sugar and running on glucose, then you, you're not going to have any inflammation in your arteries. So the LDL is really just trying to heal the arteries and accidentally makes a clog sometimes, and that's why they say it's bad. But it's, it's necessary. You need HDL and LDL, and you need cholesterol. In fact, your body makes um, 2,000 milligrams of cholesterol a day or more, and if you eat more cholesterol, the good cholesterol from like eggs and butter and cheese, well, your body just makes less cholesterol. So it's really, cholesterol and saturated fats are not the problem at all, especially if you're not eating carbs and sugars. Basically, all cholesterol problems are caused by sugar and not the saturated fats is what I'm trying to say. And this is not trying to individually diagnose anyone. Everyone should consult their doctors. I'm just a guy on a podcast. I'm not a doctor, okay? But... If your doctor is telling you to eat more grains and lower your fat intake and he gives you a pill, then you might want to get a second opinion. My doctor is not like that. I have a totally normal doctor at the VA. He's not a keto specialist or anything like that, but I guess I lucked out because he agrees with everything I'm doing. But some doctors are still giving out this bad advice about how you should low eat a low fat diet with like 40 to 60% grains you know the traditional old school food pyramid that were you know people my age were given in school um that's not working and he'll give you a pill to keep your levels normal but it's the diet the diet can prevent all that and you don't need that pill and my lab results are proof of that, apparently, because every, every single health marker has improved in my lab results since last time. And then uh, last time was better than the time before. So I think I'm on the right track here. And if you keep your insulin low and you cut out the carbs and sugar, there's basically no way that my inflammation could have gone up or my cholesterol could have gone up. And this lab result is proof of that. And I don't think I need to be a doctor or scientist to know that. Um, that's why I want to use common sense and take control of my own health. Because I know that I have insulin resistance. And that's why I cannot lose weight or could not lose weight. And uh, it was the source of all of my health problems and ailments. So it's very simple. I just keep my insulin low. I do the intermittent fasting. And I keep the carbs low. And as long as I'm in ketosis, every single ailment and health problem, and now every single lab result, it's all improving. So it's very, very simple. Which is good, because that means I'm on the right track, and it was, it was just a diet thing. Um, in the medical industry, they don't seem to be too worried about prevention. It's all um, symptoms and fixing the symptoms 
like just putting a Band-Aid on the problem. But you see, when you go into a doctor's office, they're, they spend most of the time on their computer. I've noticed this. And they don't even really look at you or talk about you. They're just on their computer looking at your records, but they're mostly just checking boxes. And that's like an insurance liability thing. They have to check all the boxes uh, in order to get paid. Uh, it is a business after all. And I mean, it's not their fault. They have about 10 to 15 minutes to spend with each patient. And at the end of it, if you do have a problem, they'll have to refer you to a specialist or prescribe some medication. And that's just how doctor visits go. Um, most of the health problems that people have is from insulin resistance. And nobody ever talks about that. Well, or at least my doctor has never talked about that. I mean, once I found the answer and started doing the keto diet and everything that I'm doing now, uh, yeah, n now he's like, oh, yeah, that's good. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, that's great. I mean, he he has told me in the past to stay away from re refined foods and sugar, but um, he didn't talk about lowering insulin. He didn't talk about the keto diet or a low-carb diet or fasting. None of that is ever discussed as far as prevention. So, but I guess if everybody did that, they wouldn't have to go to the doctor for anything. Oh, look at me with my tinfoil hat on. My conspiracy theories. I mean, it is a business, so that would make sense. I don't underestimate the greed of the food industry or the medical industry, but I do like my doctor. I trust him, um, especially since he is in agreement with everything that I'm doing, which is obviously working. I lost uh, 17 pounds since my last visit six months ago. And in the six months prior to that, I lost 20 pounds. So that's a grand total of 37 pounds um, doing keto. Um, let me explain that for a second, my little keto journey. Uh, well, first of all, I have very stubborn fat. Like I could not lose weight for anything. I started out at 245 pounds, which is the heaviest I've ever been. Um, and yeah, it was very, very stubborn fat. Couldn't lose weight. And then I just started doing some form of keto when I first started. I lowered the carbs, but I wasn't doing it in a healthy way. It was a very um, <laughs> uninformed, dirty keto. Uh, but I did lose weight. You know, when you first start, you'll probably lose a lot of water weight. Um, no matter what, because uh, the carbs hold a lot of water in them. But um, after my previous doctor's appointment, he said that my liver enzymes were really high. So even though I was losing weight, I was developing a fattier liver, um, which can happen from keto, and it can also happen from eating sugar too. And it, it can also happen from drinking too much like alcoholics have a fatty liver um, if you have belly fat and insulin resistance then you have a fatty liver and if you are doing keto you can also get a fatty liver um, the the trick is 
to eat healthy foods, especially vegetables, which kind of clean out your system, especially if you're going through periods of heavy fat loss. So my, ins my liver enzymes this time on this lab result are lower. They are on the way down by a lot. And that's because I've been eating the vegetables and I'm also taking choline, which strips the fat from your liver. And uh, egg yolk also has a lot of choline in it. If you eat like four eggs a day, which I do, then that's a, a daily serving of choline. And then I also went through a bottle of the pills. Of You can swallow choline. I went through a bottle of that too. Um, so that, all that stuff along with the apple cider vinegar, uh, which is good for your liver, and the vegetables, my liver enzymes are going down. And I'm not too worried about having a fatty liver anymore. So I guess that's, as far as lab results, I think I'm the most excited about my my liver numbers because I, <laughs> your the liver is pretty amazing. You know, it can like be 90% damaged and filled up with fat and it can still regenerate. Um, if it goes over 90% damaged, I think uh, you're, you'll probably die <laughs> or, or need a new liver. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty amazing. So it, it can take like two or three years to heal your liver or regenerate it. But um, I'm definitely on the right track. But yeah, that the my point is the first six months of doing keto with vinegar and everything else that's good for your liver and the liver enzymes are going down and it can take like two to three years to regenerate your liver. But enough about my lab results. Let's talk about your keto queries before the end of this podcast. Um, uh, the first one is not really a question. Uh, it's more like a topic. We were talking about substitutions, food substitutions, like you can eat this instead of that if you're having cravings. Um, for instance, you instead of eating rice, you could have cauliflower rice. Uh, same thing with mashed potatoes. You can make... Um, mashed potatoes out of cauliflower, and it really is just as good. I've also done that with um, turnips. You can cook turnips. It was like a more of a potatoes au gratin, but you can do the exact same thing with turnips, and it tastes exactly the same. Uh, you won't even really know that you're eating turnips. Um, what else? Uh, instead of pasta, you can do spiraled zucchinis. Um, I have a machine for that. That's how I do it. I make spaghetti. I, that's what I had for dinner last night, actually. I had some zucchini noodles with spaghetti sauce and meat on top. And I think I'm going to do a cooking with me video on that soon, just in case. Because there are still people that don't know about zucchini noodles. So it's like you're getting a serving of vegetables and uh, delicious spaghetti on top. And it's very delicious. Um... For flour, you can use almond flour, pecan flour, um, coconut flour. Uh, make a lot of recipes with with the nut flours, which are delicious. Um, for sodas, substituting sodas, um, you could do Zevia, which I've talked about in my videos. Uh, that's my favorite one. If you can find Zevia in your area, 
that is by far the best uh, healthy keto soda. You want to stay away from the Diet Cokes and all the artificial sweeteners, but Zevia is sweetened with Stevia. I know I've talked about this a lot before, but I'm very passionate about my Zevia. <laughs> or you can just stick with water if you want to be the absolute healthiest um, option. Let's see. Oh, mineral water, too, is also a great option. You can even put Stevia drops in the mineral water. Okay, substitution for buns. No, not that kind of buns, you bunch of perverts. I'm talking about, like, bread and hamburger buns. You could use lettuce wraps. Or I've even seen some people use avocado slices instead of a bun, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, hummus, you can have a little bit of hummus, but not too much. Um, personally, I don't want to waste my net carbs allowance uh, on hummus, but you could do like a blended guacamole avocado uh, option. Let's see. Um, oh, as far as chips, what do you dip guacamole with um, if you want to take the time to make some crispy bacon that is awesome you could dip dip your guacamole or salsa well bacon and salsa doesn't sound too good but bacon and guacamole is definitely good uh, you could also use pork rinds or i don't know if you you could use like pecans or something but that's kind of small you, you don't want to like share a bowl of queso with somebody with dirty fingers if you're dipping pecans in there because you know their fingers are going to get in there at some point. Um, sweeteners. Instead of sugar, a substitute for uh, a substitute for sugar would be stevia. That's my favorite. Um, the Sweet Leaf brand, I find, has very little to no aftertaste, and it's a zero on the glycemic index, so it'll have very little to none as far as effects on your blood sugar and insulin spikes. Uh, other good uh, sweeteners are erythritol, monk fruit. There is, um, well, xylitol, but uh, that will give you instant diarrhea. Um, as far as nuts go, instead of eating cashews or something high carb like that, you could switch to pecans, macadamia nuts. Almonds are okay, too. There's slightly more carbs than almonds, but... Still acceptable. As far as fruits, um, instead of eating high-carb, high-sugar fruits like apples and grapes, oranges, bananas, you could have blackberries, strawberries, raspberries, um, a little bit of blueberries, too. Uh, those four are pretty acceptable, but the best ones are blackberries and raspberries. I know I've mentioned all that before, but... I'm going to do it every week. Um, okay, here's a question. Um, can I have peanut butter on the keto diet? Yes, you can. Um, key, uh, peanut butter, almond butter, uh, those are both fine. You, it's best to grind them yourself at the grocery store if you have um, a nut grinder. No, not that kind of nut grinder, you perverts. Um like in the middle of my grocery store, there is a place where well, they have these machines and you just flip the switch and it grinds the peanuts or almonds right there. Um, you want to stay away from the cashew butter, as I was saying. It's, cashews are not even a nut. They're a fruit, technically, and they have more carbs. I know they're good, but uh, if you eat more than a handful, you could 
you could possibly put yourself over your limit of carbs. But um, if you don't have a nut grinder, uh, try to find one that says nuts in it as far as, far as ingredients. Um, maybe uh, you could find one with some oils and nuts. Like I know Justin's is a popular brand that's like one of the most natural ones that you can find. The ingredients in uh, in those is usually nuts and palm oil. So I've heard somebody say they had a problem with palm oil before or they were allergic to it or maybe it wasn't the best oil in the world, but it's a lot better than all of the sugar and um, other junk they put in the major brands. Uh, if, if your grocery store doesn't have any kind of natural or organic peanut butter or a nut grinder station, then I guess you could have some of the major brands, but just be aware that um, it will have some sugar in it and it's probably not enough to kick you out of ketosis, but it will have more um, carbs in it than normal probably. And it will also make you crave sugar if you keep eating small amounts of hidden sugar. That actually happened to me on vacation. If you're following along with my road trip video series, which is being posted every day, on Facebook and Instagram, then you will see me. I was actually eating some peanut butter. I think it was Jif. Um, it was the natural label, but it still had hidden sugars in it. And that was kind of a theme throughout my vacation. Like when you're on the road, it's very hard to eat uh, super clean and healthy. I did not uh, get kicked out of ketosis or anything, or I did not stray from my diet, but when you're on the road, you cannot find the healthiest foods. Um, and I could not find a natural peanut butter at the place that I was at. So I bought the GIF instead. And uh, same thing with uh, sodas. I like to have carbonated beverages, um, especially sodas. That's why I drink Zevias and mineral waters. But you can't find that stuff sometimes when you're on the road, especially when you're driving through West Texas and Arizona and all of these states out west where there is absolutely nothing but desert and meth trailers. It looks like Breaking Bad out there. Um, so you're lucky to find a gas station, much less... Uh, I wasn't at the Whole Foods, in other words. So um, at the end of the vacation, I was really craving sweets more than usual. And... I think I'm going to do a dessert week on cooking with me because like I'm actually back home now, but I'm just now posting the rest of the vacation road trip videos. Don't tell anybody um, because I'm still supposed to be on vacation on Instagram. Um, anyway, yeah, the cravings were out of control. So uh, if you want to stop your cravings, I would just stop eating hidden sugars and you can even stop eating the keto desserts, um, if you like, <laughs> eat, eat, all the all the stuff that tastes sweet is going to make you want more sweets. And if you just knock all that out, you will not crave sweets anymore. But what's the fun in that? So let's do a dessert week on cooking with me. But that kind of leads into my next question, which is how to become fat adapted. Um, as fast as possible. Well, it takes like for most people like six weeks to be fat adapted when you first start the keto diet. Um, but you will get there faster 
and more efficiently if you, like I was just saying, if you cut out all of the sweets and desserts and carbs, because even the keto desserts, even though you're staying under, um, well, staying within a certain range of carbs every day, you're still going to be eating more carbs than usual because you're using nut flours and berries and things like that that have carbs in them. So you're probably going to be over 20 grams of net carbs if you're eating keto desserts. The the best way to to get keto adapted, to get fat adapted is to just lower the carbs as low as possible and stop eating sweets. Um, you stick to meat and vegetables, eggs, nuts, seeds, and you will get there a lot faster and have a lot less cravings that way. But that's hard to do. Not everybody wants to do that. So if it's a question of cheating on your diet or not sticking to it, well, then have the keto desserts. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but you, you asked what's the best and fastest way? Stick to meat and vegetables and eggs and healthy fats like avocados and oils. And, and that's the fastest way. Okay, next question is about constipation on the keto diet. Um, you need to have enough potassium and magnesium in your diet, and most people don't get that, and that is the cause of a lot of problems, including um, muscle cramps, you know, heart palpitations, uh, just a number of things. Like all of your muscles and nerves need to have enough potassium and magnesium, including your bowels and digestive system and uh, if you if you're drinking enough water eating enough vegetables I think you won't have any problems um, also salt especially if you're just starting make sure you're consuming enough good salt like like pink Himalayan truffle salt Celtic salt okay next question is about acne um, this individual has been trying keto for two three weeks and the acne has gotten worse um, this is rare because most people uh, their skin conditions improve greatly on the ketogenic diet I know mine have but let's try to figure this out um, acne is caused by too much uh, androgens which is a result of too much insulin and usually that insulin is created by junk food and sugar and carbs. That's why, uh, well, it's a hormonal thing. And that's why teenagers have acne because of the hormonal changes, but also because teenagers eat a lot of sugar and junk food too. Uh, stress and your cortisol levels can also raise your insulin and therefore your androgens. And you could just be getting rid of a lot of toxins in your body and going through a hormonal change uh, when you start the keto diet, especially, like you said, in the first two or three weeks of your diet. So um, it could be, I think it's all going to work itself out and, and, uh, and your skin will clear up very soon. But what I would do is add the intermittent fasting if you haven't yet, because that's going to help lower insulin and inflammation. Also make sure you're getting enough uh, good healthy fats because that will help your skin greatly um, and also enough vitamin A which will help your skin and your eyes and last but not least uh, vegetables I would eat a lot of a, a large serving of vegetables like a big salad every day 
and that's going to help clean your body out, clean your system. And um, especially when you're first starting the keto diet, you're going to be removing a lot of fat and toxins and bacteria, mold, all the stuff that's in your, all the way down to your cells. And it's going to be uh, processed through, through your body, through your liver. And you're going to be going through this period of time in this beginning stages where you're becoming fat adapted. So you're not completely fat adapted yet. If you've only been doing it for two to three weeks, um, I would just keep going and after about six to eight weeks, you're going to be seeing a lot of improvements. And I would be surprised if your skin is not cleared up by then, especially if you're doing everything correctly. But yes, vitamin A, fasting, and the vegetables are the three most important things that I would try if I were you. And the last question for today is, do I have to have grass-fed meats and pasture-raised eggs? not pasteurized eggs, but pasture raised. Um, they do have more nutrients. So if you can afford them and if you can find them, sure, uh, have the grass fed. But here's the thing about grass fed. Uh, most of them are not. Uh, if they spend any part of their life in a pasture, then they can technically put grass fed on the label at least that's my understanding of it. Uh, if you want a cow, for, for instance, who has spent its entire life in a pasture eating grass, uh, you look for the one that says grass finished. And uh, most grocery stores don't even carry that, but you can find them through uh, companies like U.S. Wellness Meats or Butcher Box. And th there's a few different mail order meat companies now. Uh, but I personally don't even do the pasture. Well, I, I, I do pasture raised eggs um, because I think the nutrient profile is more drastic in pasture raised eggs versus commercial grade eggs. Uh, but in beef, I don't think it's such a drastic difference between the grain finished and the grass finished uh, beef. So if you can afford it, get the grass fed or the grass finished, but, um, eggs are cheap no matter what. If you get pasture raised eggs, I mean, it might be a dollar or two more, but there's a lot better omega profile and more vitamins, um, just more nutrients in general. And eggs are full of nutrients no matter what, but the, there is a definite difference. And I can tell when I buy the pasture raised eggs because the shell is harder to crack than the commercial grade. Like the commercial ones crack very easily, but not the pasture raised. So I know they're different for sure. And, um, I, I haven't tested the nutrients in my kitchen. I, how would I possibly do that? I'm, I'm just going off of the research that I've read. So yeah, if you can afford the extra dollar or two, get the pasture raised eggs and also the, uh, pasture raised butter. Okay, I think that's all for today. Wow, this over 35 minutes. Uh, the podcasts are getting longer. Uh, I think the first one was like 31 or 32 minutes, and last time I did like 45 minutes. But this one is going to be, I wonder how long I can drag this out. Uh, almost 36 minutes. Thank you very much for listening. Please follow my road trip series, which is on Instagram and Facebook. I'm posting all the videos from my recent uh 
road trip vacation. We went all the way from Texas to Las Vegas to California, all the way down the coast. And I talk about all the keto stuff that I ate on the road. And, you know, it's just a funny video series. So go watch that. Podcast with 